Welcome to Movie 101. Movie 101 is all about the movies that arrived for the last 40 years. And today, I have my special guest. He's award-winning author and, of course, best-selling author, too. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, Mr. Roberts, thank you for your time. And can you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. So, as you mentioned, I am a horror author and、um, the author of、um, Anathema, which won debut novel of the year at the 2020,、uh, 2021 Horror Authors Guild Awards. And I am the author of The Exorcist House. Which came out from、uh, Crystal Lake Publishing in 2022 and has gone on to become their best selling book to date. I am currently writing the sequel slash prequel to that book right now.、Um, but I also have a collection of short stories that is coming out June 16th of this year, and I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, and before we go on to the movie that you want to discuss, a recap of your novel that we talk about on my book 101 review. Yes, so with The Exorcist House, that, that came out in May of 2022, and it, it sort of became a viral sensation thanks to groups on Facebook and TikTok. And、um, it's about a family that lives in Ohio and they purchase a house, a farmhouse in West Virginia, just to try to flip it and make some quick money because they know that, the, the, that there's going to be some land developed there and it would be a good investment. Little do they know that the previous owner of the house was indeed an exorcist. And as soon as they move in, All sorts of creepy things start going bump in the night and all hell breaks loose.、Mm, creepy. <laughs> Sounds interesting, people. So please do support Mr. Nick Roberts. It's available worldwide. The Exorcist House. So, Mr. Nick, what movie that we're going to talk about? Well, I had,、um, I had difficult, difficulty narrowing it down.、Um, I, I definitely wanted to keep it in the horror genre because ever since I was a little kid、uh, and, and I would sneak into the horror section of Blockbuster Video way back in the day,、um, I was fascinated by those covers. Of those horror VHSs and then the horror DVD covers. And、uh, I've, I've kind of been a horror movie buff long before I was a novelist. So, narrowing it down to just one movie, if I had to do that, that I could talk about that hasn't been talked about on every other podcast. Um, I would go with Trick or Treat. 
Oh, are you wow. familiar with are you familiar with trick or treat? No, sorry. <laughs> so tell us about it. Okay, so first of all, I'll just I'll tell you why I relate to it and, and a little bit about it. So trick or treat, I believe, came out in. Um, I can actually just look it up real quick. Uh, it came out in the early two thousands. But I came about, yeah, 2007. I came, it came into, uh, into my world accidentally. I, I rented a movie from Blockbuster and I was watching a preview for the movie. And then this, uh, for Trick or Treat came on and I had no idea what it was it looked creepy and i anxiously awaited for it to come out in theaters and it never did and i was uh just kind of blown away by that and then a couple of years later i'm you know walking through the video store and i see that movie trick or treat that i had seen a preview for a few years ago and i grabbed it rented it and i took it home and watched it and it instantly became one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Now, the reason why it did not get a theatrical release was because they they filmed it, they screened it, and uh, they had a change in studio head management. And the new studio head wasn't a big fan of the film, so they decided to not give it a wide release. So it went straight to video, and it's kind of an... Um, underappreciated movie that's grown in popularity over the years. And so now about the plot. It takes place on on uh, Trick or Treat night. And it's it's kind of broken up into several different stories. And they all intertwine by this little creepy figure with kind of like a like a like a sack a burlap sack that's wrapped around his head and he's like this epitome of halloween this little small person with this burlap sack and his little bag of candy and his sharpened lollipop and he's just kind of always in the background of each story and it, it's i would characterize it as the pulp fiction of horror movies in the way that the stories weave in and out and you know nowadays if you walk into any halloween store um any you know store that uh you know any retail store around halloween time and they bring out all the halloween decorations you'll see trick-or-treat stuff everywhere um you'll see the little figure sam who was who's the main little character from the trick-or-treat movie and uh you know it's growing every year and it's it's always had a special place in my heart. So I'll give some love and promotion to Trick or Treat. Yes, people. Trick or Treat was directed by Michael Doherty. Yes. And yes, he, he wrote and directed it. Oh, sounds interesting. And produced by Brian Singer. Oh, I love this yes. uh, director. I love the X-Men. Like, what do you think? 
the character of Trick or Treat that you think this is your best movie ever? So, it, 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 I, w- I would go on to say that it's the, and this is kind of, this might be sacrilegious to um, John Carpenter's Halloween fanatics, but I will go on record as saying that Trick or Treat is the best Halloween movie ever made. And it's because it perfectly captures the mood of the season of October. Um, You know, it opens up with decorated houses and fall leaves blowing down this neighborhood and trick-or-treaters walking up and down the streets. And then it has this young couple who are coming in from a Halloween party and they're quite intoxicated and they go upstairs and they're about to unwind and then the the girl um, mentions that she needs to go outside and light a candle and the uh, the pumpkin the jack-o'-lantern on their front yard because she says there's this legend that if you don't have a candle burning in your jack-o'-lantern on trick-or-treat night then Sam, the ghost or the spirit of Sam Hain of Halloween, um, will come and get you. So, um, uh, the uh, I believe it's the boyfriend who doesn't really buy into it and goes out there, blows out the candle, and then uh, pays them a visit. And you know, it opens up with a quite a scary opening scene that you don't really see coming because it's it, it, it it's it's quite comedic in the beginning and then it lets you know very quick that it's a it's a, a quite a gruesome horror movie and then it cuts to several different uh, interwoven stories and each one is is like a little mini movie and there's not a fault in any of them Yes, very well said, Mr. Nix. So, what do you think the flaws of the movie? Um, hmm. That's that's hard to say because yeah, I, I watch it every year on and sometime during the month of October. It and it hasn't aged. Um, I appreciate it more each year. Um, I, I I think the only flaw in it is is that the way it was uh, released into the world, the way it was marketed, and how they dropped the ball on it. Um, it was. So I don't think there's necessarily a flaw in the film. You know, the script is 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 great. The dialogue is amazing. All of the acting is amazing. It's all practical effects. Um, the The direction is is great, and you know it's the way they blend together all of the different stories without it feeling like an anthology, like Creepshow. Um, it feels more like a seamless narrative. is is quite impressive. So I. I, I don't see a, a flaw. It's it's one of those that I consider to be a perfect movie. Now, because it has grown in in popularity since it came out, um, 
you know, a little almost 20 years ago. Um, they are, uh, Mike Doherty is writing uh, a sequel to it right now. So um, hopefully he can recapture that magic and make another flawless trick-or-treat movie. And uh, I hope it will be distributed worldwide, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's starring uh, Dylan Baker, Rachel Apes, Anna McQueen, and Brian Cox. Cox yes. Sorry. And yes. Ed- edited by Robert Son or Iverson. And music by Douglas Pipes. It was budgeted with the amount of $12 million. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite impressive that they were able to accomplish what they did on such a small budget. Yes. So do you think the, the story of the movie, if you uh, convert to a uh, novel, yeah, I think um, I think you could easily pull off that story in, in a novel. I think it might actually um, be easier to write it <clears throat> as a novel than than as a movie, just because of the nature of how the stories interweave. You know, it's easy to do that in novels. You can just cut back and forth between characters and in chapters, have a different chapter be from a different character's point of view. Um, you can section off the novel in uh, you know various ways. It's it's a little more difficult to do that in film. So if if you know if you were to make a novel a novelization of Trick or Treat, um, it, it's <laughs> the job's kind of already done for you. The uh, the stories that are in the in it, it's it's there are five stories. And it's hard for me to pick out my favorite one. Um, but if I had to pick, um, I would say that it is the story of how these children were put on a school bus um, many years ago um, by their... Uh, their wealthy parents and all these children had different either mental disorders or deformities. Um, They were considered, you know, uh, shame, shames, shameful or, you know, disgraces, embarrassments to these rich families. So they hired this bus driver on trick or treat to put masks on all their little kids and um, put them on their bus, and he ends up, you know, driving past their school, and they all start to freak out, thinking something's wrong, and he drives up to a little cliff, like a rock quarry, and then he goes by, he, he gets up and he walks down the row of, of seats with each kid wearing their mask and holding their little Halloween basket, and he puts a piece of candy in their bags, and then he chains them and makes sure that they're secured to their seat. And he puts the bus in motion and gets out, and uh, the uh, 
school bus crashes into this rock quarry. And now that's kind of a backstory to the real story of the present day. There's this, you know, kind of group of kids who are trick or treating and they know of this urban legend of this tragedy. So they, they go to this rock quarry um, where this, uh, this supposedly happened in order to prank this girl. And then um, I don't want to spoil it, but it gets a little creepy. <laughs> yes. Spoiler, people. <laughs> so before before we go on, Mr. Nick, I want to shout out to the people listening in Israel. I get 18 credit according to Apple Chart. I'm number 18. Thank you, Israel. Vietnam at 72 spot. Philippines at 165, Singapore at 200, and Australia at 200. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower movies, movies, people. So, Mr. Nick, what do you prefer, reading a novel or watching movie? Oh, that's a tough choice. So, um... Uh, it depends. I, I think if I have a lot of time during the day and, you know, I'm alone, I would prefer to devote a significant amount of time to reading a novel. I don't, I'm, I don't like having to read like one or two chapters and put the novel down, which is typically how I read. That's really the only time I get to read at night is you know before bed I'll read a couple chapters or I'll listen to an audiobook while I'm exercising um but to have some you know like a full full chunk of the day blocked out to reading a novel is is great cuz you really get immersed in the world in the world um but if I had to choose whether or not to read books for the rest of my life or watch movies it would be to watch movies because there is nothing like going, especially going to a theater and watching a new movie. Um, you know, that's 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 my church. I walk in there, and especially if it's a horror movie, I'm transported back to being a little kid. Um, you know, feeling like I'm hearing a scary story around the fireplace, and I forget a or a fire pit, and I forget about all the other you know, things going on in the world and I'm just focused on that movie for that hour and a half to two hours. So, yeah, I think I'll, 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 I would have to go with watching movies. Yes. So, Mr. Nick, do you consider that The Sixth Sense is a scary movie? Yes. So, that movie... Actually, was I, w- I would put that in my top five scariest movies of all time. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen I've seen several movies in the theater that ha- had an impact on me, um, particularly because I was at a younger age. Um, so, going and seeing The Sixth Sense in in theaters. Um, it it was terrifying, you know the the whole tone of that movie 
just starting right from the beginning, it's just quiet and somber and it lures you into this world and you start to love these characters. And then once the scary stuff starts, it's just so jarring. And the use of sound in that, in that movie is certainly adds to that effect. But I, I remember coming home after watching that in theaters and uh, laying in bed and hearing things in my house and for the first time being like, oh no, that's that's a ghost. That that has to be a, a ghost in my house right now. Um, <laughs> so so for, uh, for at least one evening of my life, it made me believe in ghosts. So yes, uh, it, definitely a scary, scary movie. And it still oh. holds up. Yes, it still haunts you, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, especially the word of Simon. I see dead people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My goodness. So do you think that uh, you can write a novel like that? Um, again, yeah, because the sixth sense, because of its it, it's character driven, and that's that's the the best novels, especially horror novels, are character driven because you you care about them and you don't want bad things to happen. You know that's why I, if the sixth sense were a novel, I would I would feel like it would tonally be like the exorcist because it's so grounded in reality um it makes you feel like you like you buy into it um because because of the direction you know m night Shyamalan does you know it, it makes you feel like you're you're in the real world these are real characters um you're not watching a horror movie you're watching more of a drama and then all of a sudden, you start to believe in ghosts, and maybe this really could happen. And um, writing that tone and that mood um, would would be quite easy to do in a novel. You know, it it would it. I think it would be what some people refer to as a slow burn, in that it builds up the dread and. Um, yeah, you know, but I, I don't. I don't like that term, slow burn. You know, I, I love <laughs> movies. I love movies that take their time and 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 build up to something, because that's an experience. You now you may not want to go back and rewatch it, but because it, you know it's a kind of a one time experience. But um, you know, uh, I just uh, think. I just don't like that term, but yeah, I think it easily could be, could be put into a, an effective novel. Definitely. You would uh, find both of those films in the horror section. You know, if you're looking on Netflix or whatever, they are two different subgenres of horror and, you know, they're totally different in tone and, and, um, you know, the trick or treat is, is meant to be fun. It's, it doesn't take itself seriously, but it goes all in on the scares. And you're just meant to... It, it's a celebration of Halloween. It's a celebration of all the traditions of 
you know, putting on a costume and uh, for the adults going out and partying for the young kids walking around collecting candy and um, believing in the supernatural just for one night. And, you know, it, you're meant to feel good and laugh and, and get scared um, when you watch that movie. But it's not one of those where, you know, it lingers on long after you've seen it. Like you're not going to sit there and dwell on, Oh no, is, you know, this little spirit of Halloween going to come and get me. (laughs) It's, it's not meant to be that, but the sixth sense is, it, uh, it, like I said, it's it's not meant to be a feel good, um, uh, entertaining. Although it is entertaining, it's not. It's a different type of entertaining. You know, it pulls you into a quiet character study. It's not a you know loud, fast paced, in your face uh, movie. But um, it, it's one of those that plants seeds in your mind and the way um as you know as a as a film buff i i watch movies but i'm also watching how they're being made as i'm watching them and seeing the way m night Shyamalan directed that movie uh, um is is remarkable um you know the complete misdirection which you know, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert because if you haven't watched The Sixth Sense yet, I mean it's like <laughs> a couple <laughs> twenty years old almost. Um, so, um, but the way he misdirects you into he basically tells you what's going on in the opening scene of the movie, and then he puts all these clues in your face throughout the movie. And yet you're completely shocked at the end of the movie. And then he shows you, he like reveals the tricks in flashback form. And you're like, and I remember sitting there being blown away because, you know, after, you know, in the, in the movie, when the little kid comes to peace with his ability to see ghosts and, you know, his therapist played by Bruce Willis has helped him utilize this curse for good um you think it's over you think it's a nice happy ending and then m night Shyamalan pulls the rug out from under your feet and shows you that what you've been watching is not what you think you've been watching the whole time so it's it's just a brilliant movie and it it deserved the academy award nominations that it got definitely i think uh they have a lot of accolades. Uh, the Sixth yeah. Sense has received numerous awards and nominations uh, with Academy Awards nomination categories ranging from those honoring the film itself. Best picture. Oh, they deserve it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Something that until now, people, the one who watch it, is still lingering in their mind. Oh, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts, oh, Mr. Robert? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I want to. I, I want to believe in the supernatural. I just, I don't. You know, I'm a skeptic, but I, I'm, I, I love watching documentaries on, on like 
supposedly true life hauntings. That's sort of my favorite thing to watch. Uh, there, there are these shows where people will uh, tell stories of paranormal things that have happened to them, and then they'll have reenactments of those uh, scenes. And I just, I eat that stuff up, even though I 100% do not believe in supernatural stuff. I don't believe in ghosts, the demons, werewolves, <laughs> you know, anything. The <laughs> closest, yeah, the closest thing I could go for is, uh, you know, aliens, just because of the probability of uh, life in you know, somewhere else in the infinite universe. So as a writer of a horror novel, how did you craft those uh, novels? Um, I, I'm what I, what they call a, uh, a, a pantser in the literary world, meaning <laughs> I, I kind of uh, write by the, you know, seat of my fly by the seat of my pants without too much of an outline and i get through that first draft and i I find the characters i find the story sometimes it's fun sometimes it's painful but when i get to that point where it, it, it works there's no better feeling and then in draft number two that's when i go back and make it look like i knew what i was doing all along so right now I'm in that stage with writing The Exorcist House Genesis with uh, trying to figure out what this story is. And I have a general idea. I definitely do not have a beat-for-beat outline. Um, but I have an idea. I have a, a premise. I already have most of the characters because, you know, this is this is a prequel-sequel. The but I get to add layers to the characters and I get to have them evolve from who they were in the first book. So, um, yeah, I, I, I write books like I watch movies and um, I, I experience it. I try to write it down and my barometer as to whether or not it's working is if I'm feeling the emotions as I write it that I want my readers to feel, you know, if I write a particularly creepy line of dialogue, like I did last night, um, just, I was, I stayed up late writing and I was having this, these two characters talking and I, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was having it play out in my head and there, just this, creepy line of dialogue this phrase appeared out of nowhere and it kind of gave me a chill and i said uh, so i knew that would work and uh you know that's that's how i know um it'll it'll i'm on the right track writing a horror novel is your passion probably that is your calling (laughs) to write and to scare people so before, yeah. before we are gone, Mr. Roberts, I want to invite you to listen to my other podcast, Book 101 Review. Please do listen to our episode with Mr. Nick Roberts. We talk about his 
latest novel, The Exorcist House, is one of a kind. And my book, One One Review, is on the top five best book review podcasts given by Player FM. So please do listen. Book 101 Review, plus one more, Food 101, on our third season with Chef Alessandro Wanabi, the executive chef in one of the best uh, five-star hotel in downtown Toronto. And we are so grateful because Chef and I, we got our 1 million downloads. So thank you so much. And if you so, please do support also my book 101 review and of course movie 101. So Mr. Roberts, what is the best highlight of Trick or Treat that you um, recommend? <clears throat> The variety of 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 stories that are in there like i said it it it's a it is an anthology movie in that it is different stories but they are all connected so it doesn't feel like it it feels like you're watching just different characters um that kind of mingle and go in and out of each other's stories but you get a variety of of horror tales within it so maybe if uh, werewolves aren't your thing um maybe ghosts are um if the supernatural isn't your thing maybe slashers are and triggered all of that so i think it, it it appeals not only to um all genres but um it because of the mood and the tone and the celebration of all things Halloween, it's the perfect film for any horror fan. Yes, people, we highly recommending Trick or Treat. Share it. And we gonna rate it, if you rate it, Mr. Roberts, where? 1 to 10. 10. No doubt about it. Oh, Mr. Roberts. Highly recommended trick or treat. Do share it, like it, and definitely please invite our listeners to buy all your books. Sure, you can go to www.nickrobertsauthor.com and you can find links to all of my books there. Uh, Sometimes I'll have signed copies available and other merchandise that you can purchase from there and links to Amazon where you can also get the ebooks, the paperback hardbacks and audiobooks for, um, for both of my books that are currently out and the, the, the new one that's coming out, my short story collection, it haunts the mind and other stories that'll be out June 16th. It is currently uh, on pre-sale so if you want to go to amazon and and do a pre-order for the ebook and have it ready on your kindle or whatever device you have the day that it comes out you can do that and paperback and hardbacks are coming within the next few days for pre-order so um yeah it it it, it already shot up to number one in the horror anthology um, section of Amazon. So 
we've already got us uh, another number one bestseller. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Congratulations. So, Mr. Nick, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Yes, and please support Mr. Nick. Uh, buy all the books, people, because it's one of a kind. One out. I think you're next to, uh, <laughs> you said you can incomparable to Mr. King. <laughs> That's quite the compliment. Yes. So, Mordecai people, see you soon.